0: Please open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1. His own perfect being can never accept my sin and shame. He will never accept you. Except for one sentence in Ephesians chapter 1. And a whole lot of background material elsewhere in the Bible. And that's the glorious sound that we have heard. We have heard the joyful sound. Jesus saves. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 3 through 6. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. His own perfect being can never accept our sin and shame. So He made us accepted in His beloved Son, in whom He was always well pleased. Our sin and shame gone, His glory and righteousness ours. Amazing love, how can it be? Give me a few minutes, let's sing a couple songs, and let's celebrate God's great gift to us, of His Son. The third verse told us that God should be blessed, and so we bless Him, and we bless the Holy Father for having blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Those spiritual blessings are salvation in all of its facets and our eternal inheritance Of heaven. They're all in Christ. And he has given us. The favorable advantage. Of those wonderful things. By blessing us himself. And here's how he did it. The question was asked. By a radio preacher. Of the Campbellites. Many years ago. That I was able to answer. Though it was over the mountains. From Bristol. Virginia and Tennessee. And I couldn't hear the program. I was just told what the man was saying. He read verse 3. That all spiritual blessings are in Christ Jesus. And then he was asking Baptist preachers to call in that he could roast over the fire. The question was, how do you get into Christ where all the blessings are? Because he would take them to Galatians chapter 3. Where it says that we have been baptized into Jesus Christ. But I just pointed out to the man that verse 3 does not end a sentence. That verse 4 exactly tells how you get in Christ. Where the blessings are. Many years ago. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So the great question is, how do we get into Jesus Christ where all those spiritual blessings are located? Verse 4 tells us, according. It tells us how we get into Christ to have the spiritual blessings. According as He, that is God, hath chosen us in Him, that is Christ, before the foundation of the world. When you read Genesis 1-1, realize the biggest things took place before that verse. The biggest events. The mighty acts of God, His terrible deeds, His glorious grace was committed and determined before Genesis 1-1. That's wonderful. Grasp it when you read the Bible. That before the world began, He knew you. He knew His Son, Jesus Christ, though He did not exist either and chose us in Him. According, this is how you get in Christ Christ for all those spiritual blessings that God has blessed us with, if He blessed us with them, those blessings, then He is the one that did something for us to get them. And what He did for us to get those blessings is to put us in Christ before the foundation of the world. According as He hath chosen us, out of the human race, God chose some to save. And that's how we get into Him. The Roman Catholic Church thinks it's getting into that church. Alexander Campbell's so-called Church of Christ says the same thing. But the true gospel tells us that we are elected. The word election is not right here, but the word choice is, which is what election is. Election is to make a choice of one over another. God chose Paul, the Ephesian saints, and us in Jesus Christ. This is election defined according as He hath chosen us in Him. That is, in Christ. He chose us and placed us in Christ, the second Adam, so that when it says, for as in Adam all die, meaning the first Adam, we get into that by our natural birth. Even so, shall all in Christ be made alive. We get into Christ to be made alive by God choosing us in Him before the foundation of the world. He gave us His grace and purpose in 2 Timothy 1.9, who hath saved us and called us, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Right. 2 Timothy 1.9, backing up and confirming what we're reading right here. God's eternal choice was to place and view the elect in Jesus Christ legally and by covenant before the world began. And why did he do this? Because he had to for him to love us and adopt us. He had to make us look like Jesus Christ. So he chose us in him and he views us through his son. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. You should understand that clause. It should be simple to you. How did we get all the spiritual blessings? How did we get blessed in Christ? God chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, before this earth was created in Genesis 1.1. And so the blessings start that we should be holy. God is holy. We were unholy. He could look ahead and see that when he looked down upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek after God, that there was none, they are all gone out of the way, they are all together become filthy, there is none that doeth good, no, not one. Right. There wasn't a single holy or good object in the universe down here on earth among the mankind for him to save because of our goodness or seeking after God. None of us understood, none of us sought after God, there was no fear of God before our eyes. The Bible says it in Psalm 14, Psalm 53, Romans chapter 3, verses 9 through 18. It says it throughout. We were dead in trespasses and sins. We were following the course of this world and the prince of the power of the air. The devil was our friend, buddy, and we followed his direction. And that's how we were by nature. But God chose us legally in Christ in his eternal covenant of redemption. That he would view us in Jesus Christ From the beginning, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy, He would make us holy, without blame. He would justify us. There would be no charge to lay against us. There would be no blame, and we would be before Him in love, in His presence. The foolish shall not stand in His sight. Mm -hmm. Thou hatest all workers of iniquity. Well, how will we ever get before Him and with Him loving us? Because He's made us holy and without blame before Him in love. Right. God chose us in Christ Jesus for all spiritual blessings. And some of these spiritual blessings are now being enumerated. He made us holy. That is sanctification. He made us without blame. That is justification. He loved us by His choice of putting us in Christ. There's so many... Th- There are many things that are done before the foundation of the world, according to the Bible. Matthew chapter 25 says that the kingdom that we will inherit for eternity was prepared. The preparation began before the foundation of the world, Matthew chapter 25. Acts chapter 15, known unto God are all his works from the foundation of the world. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 11 is right here close by, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. The purpose that God had in the Lord Jesus Christ is an eternal purpose. 2 Timothy one 9 i I've already given it to you, but let me give it to you again. Who hath saved us, Paul writing Timothy, who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Titus 1.2, God that cannot lie promised eternal life before the world began. 1 Peter 1.20, Jesus Christ was foreordained to die before the foundation of the world. Right. Revelation 13.8 and 17.8, the names in the book of life were written there before the foundation of the world. I grew up singing a song. There's a new name written down in glory, but that song is not scriptural because all the names written down in glory were written down there before the foundation of the world. Consistent with everything else the Bible has to say, the book of life has been signed, sealed, and delivered, but the Lord Jesus Christ arrived in heaven and opened the books of the everlasting covenant, and now our names can be found that we have been delivered from the wrath to come by Him who came and died for us. This is the eternal union of the elect with the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what it is called theologically. John Gill, John Brine, and other Baptists taught eternal justification by this eternal choice in, in centuries gone by. We believe it. It's been taught to you before. We're without blame. From before Genesis 1-1, when you're grieving about your sins, it's why Jesus died. But God chose you in Christ before the foundation of the world that you should be Holy. That you should be without blame. That you should be before Him in love. And that isn't that we might be some sort of blamelessness by our conduct, or holiness by our conduct, because the context here is the blessings that God bestowed upon us, and it's wrapped up with the words, made accepted in the beloved. Not living acceptably in the beloved, but made accepted in the beloved. It's God legally and positionally choosing us in Christ to view us through Him. Verse 5. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself. Three ends with a colon. Four ends with a colon. Having predestinated us continues a list of blessings, spiritual blessings, that were first introduced in verse 3. In verse 4, we have election in the first clause. In verse, in the second clause, we have the consequences of election, that we are holy and without blame before Him in love. Verse 5, we are predestinated unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself. God wants you. God wanted me, and God predestinated. He settled our destiny and our destination beforehand by determining in eternity that we would be His children by special adoption through Jesus Christ. Notice, it's by Jesus Christ because He had to pay the adoption fee against God's own justice and wrath. And Jesus paid the price. He was bruised for us, mangled for us, wounded for us, chastised for our peace. He paid the price for us to be adopted. But that adoption was before Genesis 1.1, having predestinated us in His eternal counsel of choosing that we would be sons and daughters of Almighty God. Predestination is God's choice to appoint, ordain, or fix a person or event beforehand. It is simply determining the destiny, not just the destination, of a person beforehand. It's in the Bible four times. And two of them are right here. And in both places, it's talking about the same thing. How we become sons of God and the inheritance we get because we are sons. In both places, there's two occurrences in Romans 8 and there's two occurrences right here. The first one is in verse 5 and the other one is in verse 11. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance. That word also means, here's some additional things that we have been given from God. Being predestinated. To that inheritance. Heaven is the inheritance. God's the inheritance. All the riches of God's glory and grace are our inheritance, and we have been predestinated to it. That is our destination. That is our destiny. And the whole universe exists for God to have chosen the destiny of two categories of mankind, both of which He justly, righteously, and perfectly bestows or doesn't bestow upon them his grace and mercy. Everyone that ends up in hell belongs in hell. And we happen to belong in hell as well. But for the purpose of grace, he saved us from his own justice by sending Jesus Christ to die for us. He did no one any wrong that he sends to hell for their voluntary, cheerful, malicious, wicked, profane, and perverse sinning any more than he is wrong for sending the devil to hell for his sins. It's that he saved anyone. I wouldn't have. You wouldn't have. But God did. And he tells us why in Romans chapter 9. But because it's not here, we're not going to turn to it. It just says that, What if God, willing to show His wrath and to make His power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction? Why did He do it? To display His wrath and power in the universe. And that He might make known the riches of His glory on the vessels of mercy which He had afore prepared unto glory. When did He prepare them to glory? Before the foundation of the world. So there's two categories out of the same lump of fallen mankind. Vessels of wrath, vessels of mercy. Vessels of dishonor, vessels of honor. Praise be to His glorious name. He didn't choose us because there was anything good in us. He chose us because, as Jesus said, It seemed good in His sight. There's no other way to explain it. It doesn't make any sense to me. It overwhelms me, overthrows me. It's too lofty and too high. I just want to meditate upon His words and embrace them and ask Him by the Holy Spirit to teach you and me the glory of His grace because it's glorious. And why did He do this? And on what basis did He do it? Verse 5, Having predestinated us, He determined that He was going to adopt you. Come hell or high water. Come creation and the fall of man. Come your wickedness and any other impediment. Nothing was going to stay Him. He determined your destiny and destination beforehand. Preacher, how can I know I'm one of those that was predestinated? Make your calling and election sure. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That is the evidence of eternal life. Be baptized in His name and give the answer of a good conscience and add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge these things. Peter would say, you ought to give all diligence to these things. And Peter said, as long as I am alive and even though you be established in this present truth, I will not stop reminding you of these things. For he that doeth these things shall never fall. Because predestination is the bedrock under us. It's not our faith. It's not our believing. It's not our accepting. It's God choosing to accept us in the Lord Jesus Christ. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself. What a glorious word. What a wonderful facet of salvation. We are not just forgiven. If we were just forgiven... We would then be neutral before God. If we were just justified, we would merely be righteous before God. They're called the holy angels. Being made holy isn't good enough. It rises and rises in a crescendo of the glory of His grace all the way up to adoption. They're my sons. The Almighty God, the Lord Jehovah. They are my sons and my daughters. Do you know what happened to nations that ever offended them in the Old Testament? That offended the church of God of the Old Testament? He tore them to shreds. He tore them in all kinds of different ways. He was creative in his torture. You know I preach 1 Samuel 4 and 5 as every other chapter in the Bible should be preached. He sent hemorrhoids into their secret parts and, and mice ran wild through Philistia. The whole nation was given over to hemorrhoids in their secret parts because they took his Ark of the Covenant and thought their stinking God, Dagon, had got them the victory over Israel. And on and on it goes. You're his son and his daughter. Are you going to live like it today? He sends his sunshine and his rain on the good and the evil, the just and the unjust, And he says that we can be like his children and we can look like his children if we're as loving and forgiving toward our enemies. In the mercy that we show them. We want to be the children of God in every way that we possibly can be. Why did he do this? Verse 5, according to the good pleasure of his will. Whose will is involved in this? It couldn't be any plainer. This is the truth of the gospel. Why did God do this? According to the good pleasure of his will. It doesn't say according to the foresight of your will. When he looked down upon the children of men, Psalm 14, 3, there were none that were willing for him. We were all rebel enemies. God is not in all our thoughts, except for the grace of God. According. Oh, I love that. How do we get in Christ Jesus? Verse 3, we need one according. It's in verse 4. According as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. Why did He predestinate us to the adoption of children? And on what basis did He do it? What did He see in us to do it? Nothing in us. According to the good pleasure of His will. Because it seemed good in His sight. Amen. Blessed God. Amen. There's nothing in us. It's all of you. We must decrease you must increase. We give you all the glory. We're nothing. According to the good pleasure of His will. Which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. As the wind bloweth where it listeth, that means where it wants to, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell Whence it cometh and whither it goeth, so is every one that is born of the Spirit. It's all by the will of God. It's God's will. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. That is God to Moses quoted by Paul in Romans 9. So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. Romans nine sixteen. that time. According to the good pleasure of His will. Why? Why we can ask? To the praise of the glory of His grace. For us to praise Him. We were exhorted for that by a young man this morning from Psalm 145 that did not know what I was going to preach today. You just remember that the Spirit of God should be moving in all of us and preparing us. I've already been told about events in the last 48 hours of combining the thoughts of men by the Spirit of God with what is being preached to you today. Let's rejoice in that. Let's ask for more of that, that He will move all of our hearts and minds together to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein, that is, in His glorious grace, wherein means in His glorious grace, by His glorious grace, He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. A perfect being who can never accept my sin and shame. You just sang it. I believe it. Do you believe it with me? A perfect being who can never accept my sin and shame has made us accepted in the Beloved. Who is the Beloved? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we would be before God in him. It's by Christ. It's in Christ. God's always seen us in him and we've always been accepted as his children and thus the phases of salvation in eternity. He saw us, accepted us, viewed us in our eternal union with His Son by covenant. In the fullness of time, He sent His Son to pay the legal price. Then He sent the Spirit to apply it to us in regeneration. Then He sends the Gospel to tell His elect about it. That is why Paul preached. Paul tells us why he preached. He preached in 2 Timothy 2.10, I endured all things for the elect's sakes. Amen. Right. So that we could hear the joyful sound. So that life and immortality could be brought to light through the gospel. The gospel does not bring the life and immortality. We can't carry that and give it to men. We can only tell them what God has done for them. And that's why the Apostle Paul, when he would go into a city, he didn't go to the brothels, he didn't go to the stadiums, he didn't go to the malls, he didn't go to the prisons. He went to the synagogue where people were worshiping God so that he could tell them they didn't have to keep visiting Jerusalem and offering animal sacrifices because Jesus Christ had paid for it once for all. He's made us accepted in the Beloved. Brother, I want us to sing, and I want us to have the Lord's Supper. And I don't want to tire you. I could go a long time right now, and don't tell me what to do. But, but I do appreciate your zeal for his truth. Why did he do this? To the praise of the glory of his grace. Do you want to know why everything exists? The Lord hath made all things for himself. Proverbs 16.4 The Lord hath made all things for himself but preacher that doesn't mean the wicked does it? Yes that's the second half of the verse thank you for asking the Lord hath made all things for himself yea let's take an extreme example to make sure that we understand that he made all things for himself Yea, even the wicked, for the day of evil, the wicked for the day of judgment were made by God for Himself. That's Proverbs sixteen four. Revelation four eleven says, "Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure, for Thy pleasure, they are and were created." Amen but do you know what his pleasure was for us? Adoption. According to the good pleasure of his will. It's not to leave us in our wickedness for the day of evil. It's to make us righteous, holy, without blame, in love, in Christ, adopted, made, accepted. He hath made us accepted. We're already accepted and we look for God's elect, that we can tell them the wonderful news instead of them thinking that they're supposed to accept Jesus. There isn't a verse in the Bible that says to accept Jesus. There isn't a verse in the Bible that says to accept God. God has to accept you. Right. When you stand before Him, it's not going to matter who you're accepting. It's going to matter whether God will accept you right. on the merits and ground of the Lord Jesus Christ, and your name being written in the book of life. Now come with me, you Italians. Come with me into Acts chapter 10. Don't turn, just listen. Peter is told about the character and reputation of Cornelius, the centurion of the Italian band stationed in Caesarea, He meets Cornelius. He has had that vision on his rooftop about that sheet coming down with all sorts of unclean creatures in it. And God said, What I have cleansed call not thou common. He meets a man who feared God with all his house and prayed to God always and gave much alms to the people and he had that described to him. Here are his words. Lord, let this be true of everyone in this room. Of a truth. Peter said, of a truth. I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. Amen. Peter said of a truth I perceive that God has elected and predestinated some gentiles because they're making proof and evidence of it by fearing him and working righteousness. I perceive that God has cleansed gentiles and saved them and that they are part of his electing grace. And brethren, you make your calling and election sure. Let's sing his praises. The question that we should want to ask and the question that we should want to help each other here is that we would make our calling and election sure that we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, be baptized in his name and the emblem of his burial and resurrection, and that we would add to our faith those graces of the Holy Spirit that show that we are God's elect. That is what the Bible says to do. The Bible says to make your calling and election sure. This is your election. This is your calling, your appointment, and your ordination to eternal life. It includes predestination to the adoption of sons. We are accepted and adopted, and we have been accepted and adopted in the predestinating purpose and everlasting covenant of God since before Genesis 1 1. Before the foundation of the world, his purpose and grace had already been given to us in Christ Jesus. That is the message of salvation. All glory to God. Amen. Amen.